Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have the latest farmland value increases across Canada. The numbers for Saskatchewan are just above the national average of 8.1% for the first half of the year. Sask Wheat has the latest market outlook, with a lot of uncertainty in the market around the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Real Agriculture talks about beef cattle research. It's Animal Health Week, and we talk with the president of the Saskatchewan Veterinary Medical Association. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Farmland values in Saskatchewan continue to increase in 2022 despite rising interest rates. FCC Chief Economist J.P. Gervais says strong farm cash receipts are among the factors pushing Saskatchewan farmland values up 8.4% in the first six months of 2022. Well, overall increases in farmland values, if you look at the average national increase is 8.1%. Saskatchewan is right in the middle of this, you know, at 8.4%. Uh, that might sound or look surprising a little bit, given that we are in an environment with lots of inflation, higher interest rates and so forth. But we have to understand that a lot of the transactions that account for the increase that we are reporting today for the first six months of 2022, well, a lot of those transactions actually were negotiated or, or, or recorded at a time where interest rates were not necessarily where they are today, right? We had the first major increase in interest rates in July from the Bank of Canada. So although we are constantly bombarded with information with regards to inflation and higher rates, I think there's still a, a, a very strong underlying demand for farmland and the data that we're reporting today. A very tight supply as well. I mean, there is not a whole lot of farmland available for sale. And so tight supply, strong demand, I think, is, ends up with the result that we have today. Do I see, though, farmland increases are moderating in the last six months? Well, yeah, it depends on exactly where you're, you're, you're looking at, right? So in Saskatchewan, you know, the first, first six months of, uh, of the year, we got 8.4% increase in 2022. But if you go back to 12 months, right, so June to June, uh, we have nearly 15% increases. So there's actually a little bit of an appreciation in the rate of growth. I mean, this is not necessarily across the country or coast to coast, something that you'll see. But in Saskatchewan, we had a little bit of an appreciation of, of, of in the rate of increases in farmland values. And I do think that's partly the result of interest rates that were low to begin with in the beginning, it's certainly in the first three months of 2022. And as well, at the end of the day, a, a pretty good outlook for farm income, right? So we had a, a difficult 2021 Higher prices kind of offset some of the lower yields we had in 2021. So income in 2022 is, looks, you know, promising. There's lots of questions around the, the actual size of the 22 crop, but prices are a little bit less or a little bit lower than what they were prior to the 
the, the fast marketing year. But overall, I think the outlook for farm income is pretty positive. What's the outlook for farmland prices going forward for the rest of this year? Well, you know, this is definitely something that we need to monitor going forward, right? Demand for farmland will slow down. I do think that with higher rates, you know, businesses are probably going to be a little bit more cautious. Buyers are, little, are going to be a little bit more cautious. I think one of the things that offsets sort of this caution because of higher interest rates would be farm income being really strong, and then as well as the supply of land that's quite limited. So tight supply with a demand that might be weakening a little bit because of higher interest rates. And again, question mark if this is really going to weaken given that that farm income appears on a good trend, right, on a positive trend. So overall, I think there's a lot to learn in the next six months in terms of the pattern for future farmland values. It looks like you've got an outlook on farm cash receipts, and it looks pretty positive. What are your numbers for 2022? Well, we're looking at an increase of around 20% in Saskatchewan for, for grains and oil seeds and pulses, right? We've got lower prices than previous marketing year, but if we get a decent crop, I think the outlook is for gross income or cash receipts to go up 20%. Now, of course, the wild card is really on the cost side of things, right? Fertilizer, lots of question marks around fertilizer prices you know, for next year. There's uh, lots going on with the war in Ukraine, the leverage that Russia has overall in terms of commodities and energy and so forth. So overall, I do think that fertilizer prices are not going to go back to the height or the highs that they recorded in the previous marketing year, but I do think that the fertilizer prices are going to remain elevated. So a positive outlook for farm cash receipts, but as well, I think we have to acknowledge that costs are going to remain high, even though we're seeing a little bit of easing from a, you know, in terms of energy, for example, and so forth. Nonetheless, I do think that costs are going to remain high on the farm. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with JKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. The latest Saskweed Outlook says the world wheat market remains quite volatile. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting says spring wheat futures rose 33 cents a bushel last week in Minneapolis. In terms of cash markets, we did have a little bit of business last week. Algeria bought about 300,000 tons of Russian wheat on their tender at about 370 to $372 per ton. Japan bought a total of 62,000 tons of high-quality wheat from the U.S. and Canada in their regular tender last Thursday. We hear that Jordan passed on their tender, and the Philippines also passed on their feed wheat tender. U.S. weekly exports of 280,000 tons were at the low end of expectations, leaving the season total at 393 million bushel, down 4% on last year. To continue, here some of last week's closes, uh, major news by major wheat origin. In Canada, SASGAC said that 83% of Saskatchewan spring wheat was harvested. The yield estimate is at 4.43 bushel per acre, so unchanged. Alberta AIC expects 83% harvested, with, uh, but gave no yield update last week. We assume it is still 54 bushel per acre. In Manitoba, 74% of spring wheat is harvested, with yields estimated at 60 to 75 bushel per acre. These provincial yields imply a 24.1 million ton spring wheat production compared to the September StatsCan ex, uh, estimate of 26.1 million tons for 22 spring wheat. 
Canadian wheat export loadings for week 8 were unusually good at 628,000 tonnes for a year-to-date total of 2.4 million tonnes. Bids to farmers have firmed, reflecting the improved shipments. However, there are also still 3.3 million tonnes of wheat sitting in the handling system and we are concerned about sufficient rail movement to keep the momentum going. Wheat prices have been supported by strong futures and the weak Canadian dollar. There were several specials at Prairie Elevators, close to $12 a bushel for November deliveries. These are good prices, and while we are in uncertain times, we suggest growers to hold their grains for now. The Durham harvest is essentially finished as well. Uh, Sask Ag still has Saskatchewan Durham yields at 30 bushel per acre. Borsch says Russia may close the grain shipment agreement for Ukrainian grain in the Black Sea. Ukrainian acreage is expected to fall by at least 40%, while Russia is way behind on last year's progress due to persistent rains. EU cash markets were higher early last Friday, but fell when Algeria started buying Russian wheat, although that should have been no surprise with Russian wheat being priced the cheapest. Beyond the Algerian tender, European markets are far more concerned with imminent political decisions. Putin is expected to make an announcement about the future of the regions that were subject to the referendums. There is a growing expectation that the export corridor for Ukrainian grain will not survive beyond November 22nd. And the Russian government is also reportedly studying a request from VDB that unfriendly Western companies should be excluded from both domestic trade and from owning any share in port facilities. Directly in the Black Sea, President Putin signed treaties to begin the annexation process of the four Ukrainian regions. The EU and US are claiming that these are illegal and have imposed a whole new set of Russia-related sanctions. And again, there is increasing concern that the Ukrainian grain corridor will not survive beyond November 22nd, and some reports even say that inbound sailings to Ukraine would stop on November 4th. We will see. The Russian government is reportedly also studying a request from VTB that Western grain companies should be excluded from both domestic trade and from owning any shares in export port facilities, as already mentioned. Marlena Borsch compiles the weekly market report. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Welcome to Real Ag Radio and realagriculture.com. I am Lindsay Smith. Joining me now on the line is Reynold Bergen. He's the science director with the Beef Cattle Research Council. Welcome here, Reynold. Thanks, Lindsay. Good to talk to you. So we are going to talk about today something pretty interesting research that has come out um, and it is focused on the outcomes uh, of transporting weaned calves. I've been following this Reynolds and and I have covered this and, and these sorts of things. And I, I even I didn't realize that it was this 
good, really, as far as what our reputation was. Like, I knew that it was a small amount of negative outcomes within our long-distance trucking industry, but... That is really quite remarkable. Okay, but then the next part, though, is, and part of the feeling, and I'll, I'll add this part in because this is from, you know, I have livestock, I have to adhere to these rules, so I, I'm familiar with them. But at the time, when the draft regulation came out, and then, of course, it, it actually came into force in 2020, but we got like a two-year sort of reprieve, they called it an education time uh, till 2022. So in February of this year, these rules were actually implemented. But if we back up a little bit, when these when this draft came out, there wasn't necessarily corresponding science to suggest that we would get better outcomes from adding feed water rest stops sooner. So now we're at a point where, as I understand it, some of that research actually has been done and completed on weaned calves, which you did say you did identify was one of where if we break down that tiny percent that had negative outcomes, um, our call cows and our weaned calves are at most at risk. What is the latest research that has finally now, you know, two years after the new reg is out, been completed? What does it suggest about transport of weaned calves and changes to that? Well, it, yeah, I mean, they did a series of three studies and, and the main focus was, is there a benefit to feed water and rest? But they looked at other things as well. They looked at how long the trip was. They looked at whether calves were back um, um, preconditioned or not. They looked at whether it mattered um, whether they came direct from the ranch or whether they went through the auction market. They looked at a bunch of different things. And what they found was at the end of the day, the rest stop didn't provide a benefit to the calves, but not a consistent benefit. What they found was like preconditioning seemed to help. Actually, okay. it seemed to provide pretty consistent benefits. Those calves that were in really good shape getting onto the truck came off in much better shape. That's not rocket science. They found out that shorter trips were better than longer trips. Again, that's not rocket science either. But what they found was that if there was a benefit to transport, it always depended. It depended on whether they were preconditioned or not, or it depended on whether it was whether it was a long trip or a short trip, and it depended especially on on when they took the measurements because they took a lot of measurements, they, like blood samples, to look for like, dozens of different markers of stress and health and immunity and stuff. They took those samples before they got on the truck, when they came off, after the rest period, before they got back on, at the end of the trip, and then every couple hours and days and weeks after they arrived at, at the feedlot. And and so what when it came to the, trans, the, the rest stop, what they found in most cases, or nearly all cases actually, was that, yeah, you might see a difference in, say, the energy status of the animal when they got off the truck, but that disappeared within like seven hours. So they recovered really fast once they were exposed to to feed. So, so that was that was kind of one key finding is that yeah, you, the, the rest stop did not provide an across the board benefit for any of these calves. And when it did provide a benefit, it was really fleeting. So that was that was kind of one thing. Um, one of the other things that that came up was that when they compared the preconditioned calves to the non preconditioned calves during the rest break itself. They found that the the preconditioned calves were the ones that that ate and drank 
which makes sense, right? They're preconditioned. They know what water looks like and they know what feed is. The the freshly weaned calves, right, they haven't sorted that out yet. And so they don't take advantage of it. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny sky today, the high 22, the low 7 degrees. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind north 20 gusting to 40, the high 14 on Wednesday, the low minus 4. Thursday, sunny with a high of 9, the low minus 3. Friday, sunny, the high 15, the low 0. Saturday, sunny with a high of 19, the low plus 3. Sunday, sunny, the high 18, the low plus 3. Monday, sunny, the high 20. Normal high for this date, 14. The normal low is 0. The sun rose at 7.03. This morning it sets at 6.31 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek right now at 24 degrees. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, is a chilly 6. Estevan is 18. Saskatoon, 19. Swift Current, 21. Weyburn, 19. Yorkton is 18 degrees. Regina is partly cloudy and 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 8. Humidity is 51%. The barometric pressure dropping, 101.9. Partly cloudy and moose jaw, 21. Winds are calm. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. This week has been proclaimed Animal Health Week in Saskatchewan. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the proclamation recognizes the high level of care ranchers provide to their livestock and the importance of veterinarians. The president of the Saskatchewan Veterinary Medical Association, Sarah Allen of Swift Current, welcomes the proclamation. It's important to us to to have recognition of the role that we play in not just animal health, but also in in public health and food safety in Saskatchewan. Uh, We're really proud and passionate of the the role we play, working with producers to provide food safety and the public health aspect of our job too is really important. So to be able to have the government um, acknowledge that and and help to create some awareness of that is, is exciting for us. I understand this is also part of a a national plan to recognize veterinarians across the country. 
Yes, it was instituted by the CVMA, so it is something um, that happens nationwide. And I mean, the role for veterinarians across the country is important in the same ways. So um, it's exciting to have this acknowledged all across the country. You've got a goal of One Health and sustainability. What does that mean? Basically, One Health is just acknowledging the fact that humans and animals and the environment are all intricately connected um, and that one doesn't really exist without the other. So, and, and veterinarians have a central role in, in all of those things and, and helping to make sure that that happens. I understand this year's national theme is habitat protection and pandemic prevention. What does that mean? Well, I guess that basically it, it is the whole concept of one, one Health, that by working with animal health and working with livestock producers who have such an important role in maintaining the sustainability of the environment that we raise livestock in, um, so there's that part of it, and then the veterinarians come in uh, consulting on, on the animal health in, in livestock production, and all of that um, works into a, a very very important role in food safety and public health. What are some of the key challenges veterinarians are facing this fall? I would say the biggest challenge that veterinarians have been facing for quite some time now is is our workforce shortage. It's been something that has been brewing for many, many years, particularly in rural Saskatchewan. And the last couple of years with the boom um, with uh, pets after COVID has put even increased demands on on veterinarians, kind of pulled in different directions. So, so this fall, um, just trying to keep up uh, providing the service our livestock producers need need is is going to be probably the first and foremost on everyone's mind. The province announced Thursday five more seats at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine. What does that mean? That is very exciting news um, for our profession that um, many of our members have been um, asking for for quite some time and we were so excited to have the government acknowledge that. It means, I mean, it's not a a short-term solution, but it is it's something to put a few more veterinarians into um, the Saskatchewan system, and really, it's a honestly a bit of a bright spot for veterinarians in a in a situation that on the daily can get a little bit dark and a little bit uh, lacking hope. So it it definitely gives us something to look forward to and and hope for the future. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Hearings continue in Ottawa on legislation to remove farm use of propane and natural gas from the federal carbon tax. Bill 234 was up for discussion again this week. The Commons Agriculture Committee is studying the bill that's aimed at making propane and natural gas when used on farm for equipment like grain dryers exempt from the federal carbon tax. A similar bill in the last parliament died on the order paper. But the same bill is back as Bill 234 introduced by the Tories about a year ago. The bill has received unanimous support from all of the opposition and even some Liberals. But there are groups opposed to it. The committee heard from some of those yesterday. One of them was the National Farmers Union. And spokesman Glenn Wright, a farmer from Vanscoy, Saskatchewan, spoke. 
The NFU worries that Bill C-234 proposes to create a complete exemption for farm heating fuels, which would entirely remove the pollution pricing signal currently provided by the Pollution Pricing Act. Pollution pricing signals are important because they encourage producers to find and implement lower emission practices to heat our barns and to dry our grain. The current system, as modified by Bill C-8, is now striking a better balance as it retains the pollution pricing signal without threatening food production. The problem with Bill C-234 is that a complete exemption does nothing to encourage clean technology and low emissions alternatives. The exemption proposed by Bill C-234 may have been more sensible when the Pollution Pricing Act was first drafted, but it becomes less appropriate as clean alternatives are available. The growing body of climate science information regarding dangerous climate change requires an urgent policy response. The NFU recommends the government continue to assist farmers to transition to better practices by providing incentives for farmers to purchase more efficient grain dryers and improve livestock facilities. And also to continue using the Pollution Pricing Act to provide price signals for farmers regarding the cost of pollution where possible. Specifically with respect to Bill C-234, the NFU recommends that this committee amend Bill C-234 to include a sunset clause for the exemption, which would treat grain drying and barn heating fuel as farm use fuel. The sunset period would provide time for clean grain drying technologies to mature and provide time for farmers to retrofit farm buildings uh, with better insulation and heating systems to decrease greenhouse gas emissions from their farms. Wright says the NFU is asking Ottawa to provide more incentives to farmers to help them transition from the use of fossil fuel. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for Durham rose 14.69 to 439.34. Canola gained 23.50 at 864.72. One red spring wheat fell $1.88 at 428.58. The rest unchanged. Feed barley 342.87. Chickpeas 925.95. Flax 752.98. Lentils 704.50. Oats 255.32. Yellow peas 438.91. Feed wheat 289.56. At Minneapolis, December spring wheat fell two and a half cents at 977 and a half. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn. 842-4574. Now, the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of October 4th. Our last regular sale was on September 28th. Cows were a little stronger than they were the previous week. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.05 to $1.20. D3 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.05. Counter cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.70. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.30 to $1.45. We had our first pre-sorted calf sale of the fall. It is nice to see the market stronger than it has been in the last few years. 
300 to 400 pound steers averaged two dollars and 96 cents and sold up to three dollars and 10 cents 400 to 450 pound steers averaged two dollars and 91 cents and sold up to three dollars and three cents 450 to 500 pound steers averaged two dollars and 70 cents and sold up to three dollars and three cents 500 to 550 pound steers averaged two dollars and 68 cents and sold up to two dollars and 81 cents 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and 59 cents and sold up to two dollars and 70 cents 600 to 650 pound steers averaged two dollars and 53 cents and sold up to two dollars and 68 cents 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and 46 cents and sold up to two dollars and 58 cents and 700 to 800 pound steers averaged two dollars and 37 cents and sold up to two dollars and 50 cents heifers were about 40 cents back from the steers some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 435 pound black steers at three dollars and three cents a pound a load of 500 pound black steers at two dollars and 81 cents a pound a load of 550 pound black steers at two dollars and 70 cents a pound a load of 600 pound black steers at two dollars and 60 cents a pound a load of 650 pound black steers at two dollars and 55 cents a pound a load of 700 pound black steers at two dollars and 49 cents a pound and a load of 775 pound exotic steers at two dollars and 44 cents a pound this has been stephanie digg reporting from the weyburn livestock exchange the market that gets the cattle and the prices too and the latest saskatchewan pork prices 229.24 per ckg this is the saskatchewan resource reports on 620 ckrm here's jim smalley now the resource report brought to you by second look online auction visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The Saskatchewan Ministry of the Environment is targeting six wildlife zones for chronic wasting disease testing this fall. Hunters for deer, moose, or elk in wildlife zones 2W, 9, 10, 35, 37, or 50 are encouraged to submit samples for chronic wasting disease testing. These zones, the boreal transition zones and those along the eastern border, are specifically targeted for testing this year as there's a risk of the disease expanding in these areas. In recent years, the disease has been found in white-tailed deer in the southern boreal forest region and could spread to other species, including caribou. The testing will provide important information to monitor the spread of CWD and the overall welfare of Saskatchewan's cervid populations. Testing is free and available in all zones. Heads can be submitted for testing at designated drop-off locations across the province during the hunting season. Although there's no documented cases of CWD in humans, hunters are advised not to eat the meat from animals testing positive, but dispose of it in a landfill or other means. On the markets today, the TSX is up 459 points to 19,340. The Dow has gained 713 points to 30,204. Oil is up 265 at 86.28 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.80 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.